When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina. Andy Brand Bernard. L.A. Nick. And Doug Sprinthal. We'll be right back. We'll talk some more news. Got a lot of more, a lot more great guests coming up today, as a matter of fact. But the news is next, Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, <laughs> Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Why do I have to intro you? Why don't you well, just Well, I can talking? do it myself no, if you want. No, but no, I don't always worry about my that, feelings. You know, you're such a perfectionist and you like things to go perfectly smoothly all nice the time. Try. I thought I would just defer to your nice uh, introduction. Well, by the way, I, I, I misspoke. I said earlier it was Laura Ingram that I said was nuts. It's actually Ann Coulter. She's the one I said was She's nuts. nuts. Oh, she yeah. is nuts. She's nuts. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't Laura Ingram, it was Ann Coulter. Yeah, they're kind of similar. <laughs> Yeah, they really are. Yeah, Blonde, conservative women in their you know, in famous, the middle age. Famous for being annoying. <laughs> anyway, if you're not annoying and you want yeah. something cool to drive, uh, I think we're getting our final burst of winter here in southern Minnesota for the next six or seven months. Go to the cool car <laughs> section of walls.com. We covered that last week at length on the podcast. We sold quite a few cars there. They are uh, groovy used cars from all of the Walzer locations, both in Kansas and Minnesota. They're anywhere from $10,000 Miatas to we had a $400,000 Ferrari. I, and I think, I think they actually might have sold that already. So anyway, uh, it's really fun. It's my favorite section of the Walzer.com uh, website. That's the technical term I'm looking for. <laughs> What? Just take me out. <laughs> you know who's really uh, terrible at selling cars? Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Since I've been on this show, I notice walls are everywhere now. Oh, yeah. Like, every I car I get I behind has the walls or sign on it. Now, I hate, I hate to say this because people will get the wrong idea if they don't understand how business works, but our revenues, and that's not revenue isn't profit. Sometimes people use that interchangeably. Yeah, they do. It's but not. it's if you take all the price of everything that you, you sell uh that's from selling cars from right. selling service selling parts we were over a billion dollars last year well i'm just saying to, to, to sell that many cars you must be doing something right yeah because every car i pull behind the red light has a walzer's tag on it i'm like another walzer car like every literally every one thank you nick so. walzer automotive group walzer.com Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Yeah. But just look, don't boycott my show. 
Our country's so divided right now, and I'm an important part of that. Let's move on. You know I'm going to say something worse. Why don't you just watch the show and find out what that's going to be? Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to mention more of my sponsors. Like... Lady Bumpstock, the lightweight bump stocks for delicate hands. And Reverse Mortgage, we'll take that house now. <laughs> Malaysian Airlines, caught in a scandal and need an escape. Malaysian Airlines. <laughs> so cool. She's really good in this. It is funny, though. It's very, very funny. Uh, I'm looking at a headline. It's, uh, uh, it's a bizarre day for headlines, let me say that. We've already been down. The AP's newest history textbook implies Christians are afraid of non-white ethnicities, that they're all racist, and conservatives are all racist, too. Now there's a headline, report, the entire island of Puerto Rico has no power. Uh, you got a what? problem. Well, they probably got, like, one power plant. Well, I got a problem with that since I watched a Major League Baseball game that took place in Puerto Rico last night, and they had plenty of lights yeah. uh, lit up all over the field because it was at night. That, oh, well, the Twins played so poorly, maybe they don't have to play tonight. They sucked so yeah. badly. Yep. Well, oh. this happened, like, an hour ago is the thing. What so, happened an hour ago? The power outage. Why did they have another power outage? No, no, not another one. This is the one they're talking about. Yeah, but there was plenty of light last night in Puerto Rico. Last night wasn't an hour ago. Well, they didn't just lose all their power in the last couple of hours. Yep. So I, I have somebody in my family that's from Puerto Rico. My, my niece's husband is from Puerto Rico, and his family Worked went, for the electric company? No, but they, they went back to Puerto Rico this year. Her, her, her father did. His father did. Yeah. And they're, he went back there because of financial gain. They're actually making the people that are there... Are making a lot of money off of all this. Isn't that just terrible? But they are. And he moved back to make that money. Well, there you he, go. He brought back, tr- tr- uh, he put a container full of generators and all, went back to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and now he's making a ton of money over there. So. Puerto Rico was hit uh, with another island-wide power outage, according to a Wednesday report. The island still struggling to recover after Hurricane Maria is now experience, is now experienced electrical blackouts. Not experiencing, but experience. Electrical blackouts across the small territory, the Associated Press reported. Here's, Port- here's context. It said another island-wide power outage. Yeah. Uh, the previous one was on last Thursday when a tree fell on a line and cut power to 870,000 people. Yeah, a tree <laughs> fell on a line. So that's how good their power grid is. That's not well, you know what? Good. That's how good the power grid is across America. Our, our power grid's old. It is old in this oh, country. Oh, it absolutely is. It I mean, it's is. way outdated. Well, it costs money to, you know, update. They're so not are they doing that. Are they not going to have the Twins-Cleveland Indians game tonight because of this power outage? Is it in Puerto Rico? It's in Puerto Rico. That's a good question, then. Twins-Indians game? Yeah, Twins-Indians game, 6-10 tonight, Central Time. Um, it will not impact the game somehow. Somehow. So how miracle, <laughs> miracle! If they have power, but nobody else does. They might have like backup generators or something. Who yeah, knows? my 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 niece's husband's dad brought them over there. <laughs> yeah, right. He probably he probably hooked it up. Everything is good. Uh, ESPN says, uh, yeah, they're good to go. They're good to go. They will have the game tonight. Yeah, we watched the game last night. Uh, to tell you the truth, Melina, I got a question for you. The Minnesota Twins' on-field leader is who? <laughs> It's a good question. <laughs> they don't have one. If you guys can see Mike's face just from that question, he's, it's disgust. <laughs> it, it, seriously, it, it might be Dozier, but he might not be here much longer because no. they might not pay him. Maurer has no leadership ability whatsoever. Mr. Voltage? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Voltage. When was the last time the Twins were like a, like a pretty decent team? Like what year? Well, they you know, made the playoffs for one game last yeah. year, so they were okay. They had a great year last year with what they had to work with, I thought. Yeah, I just don't know who the team leader is. A guy, you know, like the Kent Herbeck of the yeah. world, or the Gary Gaetti, or even Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter, absolutely. You mean yeah. like the like the Democratic Party? <laughs> God, he's working politics into it. Oh, who's the leader? You know, Doug's here, so let me talk about the Democratic no, Party saying, and professors. In but college. there's no leader there. Donald I'm Trump. Who's Donald the leader? Trump's the leader. <laughs> who's the leader? Yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I seriously, I sat and watched that game last night, and the Twins looked. They acted like they didn't want to be there. 
Yeah. It they probably really don't. <laughs> they probably don't want to be there. But could you do me a favor since I'm staying up late to watch your lame-ass game? Could you at least make an effort? Now, look, Kluber is a hell of a pitcher. I understand you're not going to, you know, tear the ball, the cover off the ball against Corey Kluber. But it's like the lackluster there. Okay, I guess I have to go bad again. Although when Lindor hit that home run, I thought yeah. that stadium was going to collapse. It well, was so loud. It was loud. No they are they that. are really nice guys, though. Oh, the Twins? Yeah, I threw the first picks out for the Twins, and they were all really nice to me. This year? Last year. Well, last year. And they were very nice to me, like super nice. Well, they probably thought you had some mental condition. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you look at my pitch, it looks like days. if you look at my if you look at my pitch, it looked like I had a mental condition. I I get the throw. The very first time I threw out the first pitch at a Twins game, Sal Butera was the the backup catcher. Oh wow! And Sal came out, so I threw out the first pitch to Sal Butera, and he takes his glove off and goes, oh. <laughs> like, "Yeah, laugh it up, Sal." You well, Polad's got me all drunk beforehand. Not the Polad. Yeah, they took me off to this special room. Maybe it was the shot. And who was it? Drinks. Who was up there? Uh, Michael, Mike. My, oh, Michael, the cousin. Yeah. No, the no, the son. What's the son's name? Well, there's uh, Bob. There's Jim, no. and there's uh, um, the youngest son. The hell's it? There's there's Bob Polad. There's Jim Polad, and there's Bill Ma. Polad. Bill's the one that does the movies, right? Who's the youngest one? I get I get I them confused. Bob is maybe. I'll the tell you. It's one. in my phone book. Bob might be more. the youngest one. I used to get along with him, and then some idiot on my show did something terrible to his family, so now he hates me. I keep trying to tell him I didn't do it. I didn't know he was going to do it. Calm so you don't down. think it was all the times that you called them cheap bastards? Or criminals. Yeah. <laughs> that probably didn't <laughs> well, that came after he got mad Man, at me. Too like, sensitive. Exactly. They're what are you all sensitive about? Just a bunch of babies. Sugar tit all the way. That's all I've got to say. That's all I've got to say to you. Yeah, the, the the three boys' names are Jim and Bill and Bob. But they were really nice to me, super nice. Well, that, I understand they're well. You know, one of my one of my best friends, Ryan Burnett, knows the Paulette family really well. And, and it, they actually really invite me to come practice with the team before the game. Practice what? Throwing out the first pitch. Oh. So I told him I haven't thrown a baseball well, since go. like sixth grade. Well, there you have it. And I said I, I'm not going to be able to do it. I guess I'm going to suck. How young a guy were you talking about? A guy in his thirties? Yeah. That's Tommy. Yeah, he was young. That's Tom. Tommy is good, real good looking. Just, yeah, he's a nice looking. Yeah, kid. good looking guy. Yeah, yeah that's probably Tommy. Yeah, real nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, he he's uh he is an I don't know him really well, but uh, if I go around the pole ads now, I kind of get the. Uh, I just didn't like when they took over all the radio for the Twins. They bought the stations. They kind of made a monopoly, and, and to me, that was kind of a bad. Business deal. Well, I'm not doing it anymore. Oh no! Go went down the tubes real quick, but uh, I thought that was kind of a slimy move. Eh, a lot of teams do that, though. Yeah, they I, do. I don't they, like monopolies. I understand. Don't like them. I understand. My favorite story still is last year we're on vacation, it's Christmas holiday. We go over and have dinner at this place, and there's a guy in line waiting to get in, wearing a Minnesota Viking baseball cap and a Minnesota Viking jersey. And Catherine walks up to me. He guy's standing right next to me. And Catherine walks up and looks at the guy. And she goes, "Twins fan, huh?" I, she goes, "I Viking fan, huh?" You must be a masochist. And he goes, "Actually, I'm not a fan. I own the team." <laughs> what? That was, was Ziggy. It, no, it was uh, Mark. Mark Wilf. Oh. It was Mark Wilf. He goes, "No, I own the oh team." Oh my God, Whoops. that's just great. Have you ever met Ziggy? Uh, no. He's really hard to connect with. Like, he'll never That's look you in the eye. That's what like, I understand. You can never really be person to person with that guy. I don't understand. He's kind of a little bit. I think it's pro- probably a good idea to keep your distance from people like that. You know? I just was introduced to him, but he just won't look at anybody. He just won't look you in the eye? Anybody. That's great. Yeah, I he's think a Nancy, German. Nancy's and he's taken Jewish. his picture multiple times, and she said the same thing. He just won't look at you. I wonder what that's all about. He's an odd cat. I know that. He's yeah. He's an odd human being. Got so. an interesting story. The Will family. Yeah. What, what getting sued constantly? Oh, they're kind of mobsters on the East Coast. And that's what I understand. Yeah. yeah. Kind of came the, here. And, I did not know that, but that's what they what people claim. So I don't know anything about. Oh, that. Oh, it's pretty documented. Is it? Oh yeah. Well, what the hell are you gonna do, Andy? You could probably change the story. It's been up there quite quite a while now. 
Okay. So you can find find out uh, what else is happening in the world. Oh, so and oh, God, there's Ann Coulter's picture right there. As a matter of fact, uh, mm-hmm. it all works out in the end. Um, aren't you guys going to argue anymore about uh, college professors? I wasn't arguing. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't arguing. We're just making statements. Me and Doug don't argue. No. Don't you really? No, we really don't. All right. We're kind of pretty close to the same person, really. We have a lot in common. We do. Let me think about that and get back to you. So you're the same type of person. We kind of are, really, when it comes down to it. Ooh, listen to this. Cal Poly has now banned fraternities and sororities. Good. Do you know why they banned fraternities and sororities at Cal Poly? No. Because yeah. of blackface and gangster-themed photos. Yeah. So, wait, a couple trying. people. Oh, that's not a good idea, kid. Uh, these photos in question, these photos in question, in which the university has responded in a, a suspension of all Greek Greek life at Cal Poly, until all fraternities and sororities are conducting themselves in a manner that is respectful of all students, they will not have a place at Cal Poly. That's yeah, an they're all, overreaction. Uh, yeah, you, so you're gonna because one guy's an idiot and wears yeah. blackface. Everybody uh, go, needs to go down in flames. That's ridiculous. But that's college right now. It's everything right now. It's Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a really dumb I feel dumb sorry case. for these guys. It's a big corporation. They just sell coffee for a living. They're not really trying to ruin the world no, or anything. No, and they got a couple true. of meatheads that do something wrong, so they got to shut everything down and try to, to save them, their ass. Right. It's just... Well, I think anybody who gets too big, somebody wants to knock them down. Yeah. Or if you have... You know, a lot of employees, it's just a right, numbers you can't game. Control everybody. Somebody's going to do something incredibly stupid. Sure. They're going to drag somebody off an airplane or, yep. you know, call for the arrest of customers. Well, if you have the nerve to become successful in Minnesota without going through their system, they resent that. Oh, they hate it. They, they hate it hate when it. you do And that. they hate you. They do. They yeah. hate you. Yeah, yeah they yeah. do. Absolutely. And it's just because you didn't achieve your success Taking their, their route. Their way. Right. Yeah, their, their way. way. Andy, would you bring up the ratings the last week or in in CNN story? Because I heard the exact opposite on TV yesterday. Last week's ratings are in, and CNN is getting beaten badly by its competitor networks. Fox News beat out both CNN and, CNN and MSNBC to take the top spot. See, I just heard literally on CNBC that CNN and MSNBC were crushing Fox News. And I don't watch any of it, well, so you, you I don't know, have a... You know better than anybody. You can spin those numbers any yeah. way you want. It's just yeah. terrible that they can do that. Well, Adweek says Fox News won Monday, uh, <laughs> and CNN beat NBC, so it was Fox, CNN, and NBC. CNBC, that one woman with the short, dark hair, she's just Looney Tunes. No, you're talking about MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about Rachel Maddow? She's nuts. Well, she... Uh, but she do know she... That's Chandler Bing. She's... <laughs> She looks exactly <laughs> like Matthew. What's his name? Yeah, Fox did come out. Pretty oh, funny. that's funny, dude. <laughs> well, she does. She looks just like him. Wow, Fox but had almost she's a lunatic. twice the viewers of CNN. I know. Why do they? Why do they? You can't make a statement. Like and I, that. I'll tell you what. Another thing too. Fox really does a way better job on social media than CNN does. Do they? So yeah, they they hammer social media. Hammer it. You know, people do. You, you were talking about the. Dancing around with the, the numbers and ratings mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I literally got a call. I say, oh, God, Tom, I see you were down by about a half share. <laughs> we were on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, I was on vacation that Somebody week. Somebody actually said Scooter? that to you? Oh, yeah. Seriously? It's just unbelievable. Does Anytime. he wear loudly colored pants occasionally? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's like, I'm sorry, we went on vacation. We're, we don't do as well when we're not there. Do you, have, <laughs> you ever look? Do you have a, like, do you have a LinkedIn page? I do, but I've never been on it. Never. You have a LinkedIn page, though? Yep. Do you ever see who like who's searching you on LinkedIn? Do you ever go search? Yeah, you? I don't look at that very often. It's you should. It's it's weird who's searching you. It's like doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, for me it does. It's, they're all car people. It's just a big echo chamber. This is amazing, though. I, I literally just saw on television the exact opposite of what this story says. According to Adweek, Fox News now marks 14 consecutive weeks as the number one cable TV network in both prime time and total day. Among total viewers, CNN placed third in basic cable ratings, while competitor MSNBC was in second. That didn't used to happen. 
Mm-mm. MSNBC did not used to beat CNN, so I don't know what they got going there. Now. Beat them pretty handily, actually. I think that might be because of Chandler Bing, though. I think she's pretty popular. <laughs> CNN <laughs> lost a lot of credibility in the past couple of years. Yeah, they, yeah, they had people, their own people who work in the Jeff's, network, give away secrets. Jeff Zucker's a moron, too. He, he ran NBC right into the ground, and then they gave him CNN. He's running that in the ground. Now, he's an idiot. Jeff, if you're listening, you're an idiot. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. I always love this song. Oh, it's amazing. It's a good song. Yeah, I don't know why it is that they can go on and just tell you one thing. Well, it's like Doug said. You can take ratings and spin them however you wish to spin them. Um... I, it just, I don't know. I actually saw a promo that we sent out that said uh, the KQRS morning show, uh, number one, 14 years in a row. No, it's actually been 32, but, you know, he only missed by 18 years. Yeah. Listen, no, I see all the time number one show on television. There's yeah, like 10, 10 shows advertising that. So if you get down to the details, one. it's number one on cable, number one on network, number one on yeah. at night, number one day. But they just say number one. The guy that I, I loved about that, and I learned a lot from him. I was very, very lucky. My first major job in radio was at KSTP AM with Knapp and Bush in the morning, Steve Hatley, Joe Hager. Uh, a lot of really, really good radio people that I learned radio from. Mm-hmm. And when Chuck Knapp went to KS95 way, way back, he's the one where it's always 95 and right. sunny, he, he started all that stuff. So his first week, he said, Tom, when you come in and do a, 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 a shift for me, i just, you know, trying to get all these people. I said, yeah, absolutely. So I went in and it's Chuck Thomas. I took his name and my name and I was Chuck Thomas. But I, I was running these promos and the... The station's literally been on the air for about three days. And I'm running a promo that says, KS95, the Twin Cities' number one music station. And I said, Chuck, (laughs) you just went on the air. You can't run that promo. And he goes, well, why not? And I said, you can't say you're the number one music station. He goes, that's not what I said. I said, we're the, the number one music station. Right. So a lot of the music we play is number one. It was number one. In, I'm like, you, God, you're the well, worst. Well, it's just like products come out and so say, vote it, vote it, best product. Who voted? Yeah, well, who voted? <laughs> the guy yeah, who the made it and his wife. <laughs> exactly. The number one music station. We play a lot of number one hits. That's why it's That's right. the number one music station. I just love how they spin that stuff. It's, And there was another guy who got in a lot of trouble. His first name was Jerry. He wasn't in this market. He was in Chicago. 
we're giving away one, two free Corvettes. But he said free, so it sounded like three. <laughs> so he got in a lot of trouble. One, two, free Corvettes. Did you ever watch KRP? I love WKRP. I love that show. The Thanksgiving one with the turkeys is just, that thing still cracks me up, man. God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. That's what he said. See the one where they were doing a DUI deal. Johnny Fever's got the the highway patrol. And the the more he drinks, the faster his reactions get. That was the best, (laughs) man. Uh, that that exchange between uh, uh, Tarlick and uh, hilarious stuff. And it was it was hilarious. It was real stuff. radio. It was hilarious stuff. Did you ever get the worker meet uh, Barry's event? Yeah, I've, I've known. Yeah, I've known Barry for a long so, time. Barry's a close friend of mine. Oh, I didn't. Is know he really? That. Yeah, Barry's a close friend of mine. He's always mad at me for some reason. Apparently, when his book came out, I didn't interview him enough, so he's mad at me. I don't think so. Oh, that's good. Barry's a good guy. So uh, anyway. Barry's, I sat at Barry's house many times and he'd tell me stories of the old. Because Barry went through a lot of stuff. I mean, he knew everybody back in the oh, day. Oh, he did, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was did. Sammy Davis Jr.'s manager and he got to meet a oh, lot. I didn't know. Yeah, he, was, know he was Sammy Davis Jr.'s manager for a long time. Hmm. So he got to meet a lot of people. But he has a lot of those old school stories. They're, they're like KR, you know, that show that just create oh, yeah. stuff that could never happen today. Nobody, They wouldn't let it happen. But There's yeah. a lot of that stuff. You're absolutely right. So, so I don't know if people know this. So Barry's the man, what the weatherman started. He started here in Minneapolis. He was a weatherman here in Minneapolis. Right, KST. Yeah. KST and then he moved TV, on yeah. to New York or mm-hmm. L.A. and then New York. Right. So he became a, one of the most popular weathermen in America because he was all crazy. He'd pop on camera yeah, and do right. all this crazy kind stuff. Of lean in. Right. Yeah. So he yep. he got offered a job. He started in New York. He got offered a job to move to Los Angeles, double the salary, big house. So he was the first person to bring David Letterman on television ever in history. Oh, I didn't know that. And he hired David Letterman to be the weatherman for Channel 9 in New York City. So David Letterman took the job as the weatherman, and it was his first job on national television ever. So David Letterman writes Barry Zavan a note at this time, saying, Barry, I really appreciate you you giving me this job, and if you ever need any favor in life, call me. So about three years ago, Barry's a van, me and him are sitting in his basement of his house. He has a, a whole room of every picture of him and anybody you can ever think of throughout history. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I see that letter. And I go, oh, this is a pretty cool letter. He goes, you know what? I'm going to call in that favor right now. And he and he did it. So he calls David Letterman. And this is before David Letterman's show ended. And he said, hey, I got a friend that I want you to put on your show. And he's talking about me. He's like, I want I want you to put this guy on, this kid on your show. And uh, so David was like, all right, I'll, I'll get, give you, a, here's our, our executive, our, our segment producer. And uh, so the segment producer calls me and sets up a, a time to meet and they kept delaying it, and then within like a week, David Letterman announces that he's going to retire. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you caused David Letterman to retire. <laughs> Way to Is that go. Where the story's going? <laughs> Way to go. No, nice but, I can't say that I blame him. But, I'm just kidding. But no, it, it was, but the no barriers of man, he's, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. He's done a lot of stuff in his. See, I didn't know that about him, that he, because I. I moved here with my family in 1970, and he was the deal. And then in the yeah. late 70s, he sort of disappeared, and they went off. The, I wonder right. what ever happened to that guy. I didn't realize he went on to major oh, market and big, did really well. Big, yeah. Good for him. I mean, yeah. he seems like a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. You know what's really funny about that whole situation? I think I've told you this before, but all of those things that you were just talking about, when, when I lived in Maple Grove, um, when we were moving to... Dayton, as a matter of fact, we were moving up to the farm from Maple Grove. My garbage man goes, "Hey Tom, I got to show you something." I said, "Okay." He takes out this picture, and it's about three rooms this size, from floor to ceiling, pictures of celebrities with me, and gold and platinum <laughs> records. Because I threw them in the garbage, and he took them out of the garbage and put them <laughs> in his basement. <laughs> I don't have a picture of me with anybody. Yeah, I, have, I have none of that gold stuff, platinum stuff. I have none of that stuff. I think I have one in me and uh, I forget. Yasser Arafat. No, no. Uh, Newt New Gingrich. 
Nude, oh, with new, new, I have a new picture of me and Nude on my dresser. And why did you decide to keep that one? Uh, I don't know. He was he impacted me. He's a very smart man. Oh, I think that's true. He probably is a. Isn't he a guy. college professor? He, he, he was. He was a college professor. He was. I was just waiting for this. He was a college yes, professor. I didn't know when. I but, didn't know how. But he is a but very, someday. very, very smart man. He is a smart guy. Very smart guy, and he impacted me. So I, I don't know. It was a good picture of me and Nude. I kept it on my dresser. It's still on my dresser right now. Somebody explained to me this whole Fox News, uh, this Hannity-Cohen controversy. Why is there a controversy? Because Cohen is Hannity's attorney. He's not, though. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. So why is there this big controversy about any of it? I don't know. I don't really understand. People get so whipped up about whatever. Well, the only person making a controversy is CNN. Oh, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no one else. So that no one else cares about it. No one else cares but CNN. Fox News responded Tuesday to reports that Sean Hannity had an attorney-client relationship with Michael Cohen in a statement. The conservative network stated that Hannity had their full support. Hannity himself responded to the news on his show Monday night, saying, "I never paid Michael Cohen for legal fees. I did have occasional brief conversations with Michael Cohen. He's a great attorney. About legal questions I had, where I was looking for input and perspective." My discussions with Michael Cohen never rose to any level that I needed to tell anyone that I was asking him questions. And to be absolutely clear, they never involved any matter, any, sorry to disappoint so many, matter between me, a third party, a third group at all. So what are they trying to say that he was talking to Cohen about? I've asked Bradshaw Bryant lots of questions. I've never hired him. Yeah, I want that, Michael Bryant. I've How never hired him, but I've asked him a lot of questions. See? I've called him on the phone and said, can you give me an answer to this question? Legal matter, but I've never hired him. But why Was one it... of the questions, is it okay if Russian hookers pee on me? Because <laughs> no. we would like to know if that was one of the questions you asked nah, Michael. I'm not in the pee. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. Those of you keeping score at home. Yeah. I, uh, Anything yeah, that, that comes out of the body, I'm not into that. See, I just never understood why, even if... Hannity, and I'm not taking sides here. I just don't understand why there'd be a controversy. Hannity can hire any attorney he wants to hire. Yeah. What's it? How's it our business? Listen, I, they, they they try to knock everybody off the top of Fox. I, I, just, uh, I think some of it though go. is self-supporting. You know, they probably they, yeah probably. You know, all these people are at the biggest attention whores you've ever seen in your life. No and, Sean Han and it doesn't matter whether they're liberal or conservative. They're, they're all kind of the same thing. And if they can get indignant about something, yeah, that's it true. plays well to their base. I, it seems like kind yeah, of the, the much ado about nothing. I agree. The American honestly. people don't realize how much they're being fooled. Yeah. Are you, yeah, really, you think so? It's that bad. That it's it's don't that bad. It's that bad. It it's, really it's is. It's entertaining. That yeah, it's news. Inter right. Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just really it's all the Kardashians. They're the Kardashians now. They're the new Kardashians. Good. Thank God the old ones are gone. Are they still hanging in there? Oh, yeah. They yeah, still have I've the never TV watched show. it. They're one of the top watch shows. Yeah, I've never watched that show either. I've mm -hmm. never seen it. I saw a promo for it one time. You didn't watch were... when Bruce was getting a sex change? No, no, no I never watched the show. It's not for me. But I saw a promo running on because I was watching the Joe McHale show. That, uh, the suit. I like Joe, yeah. Joe's good. Uh, the soup used to be on E Network, the same as the Kardashians, and its demise was caused by the fact that they would create, they they criticize the Kardashians. Oh really? And, oh yeah, they didn't like that. How can you not criticize? Well, them? I mean, didn't a, they have somebody that was in, the, on both shows? Didn't one of wasn't one of the producers or directors? I think so. Yeah, I they were so. in cahoots with each with both shows, so they can't they kicked one show to the curb. What I really loved about it, that whole situation was. So I saw this promo. I'm watching. I'm watching the uh, the soup with Joe McHale. It's KP Anderson from Cambridge is the executive producer. Great guy. And there's a promo for the Kardashian show, and it's Christmas time, and they're all opening their gifts from Secret Santa, right? Yeah. And who's the the white guy that's one one woman's married to a white guy? She's Not anymore, but she was. Oh, she wasn't anymore. Yeah, he's what gone. What was his name? It wasn't Chris Humphreys. No, no, it's, oh, uh, it's uh, Pride Hopkins. Doesn't matter. But he and he here was his delivery on how he said this line. Okay. Well, we're all sitting around opening presents now from Secret Santa. What did you get, Kim? Since you are the richest person here. Oh God. He, oh. Did, he just bought a new house, by the way. Oh God, it was so obnoxious. He just bought a new house, by the way. 
Oh, he did? Yeah, 22, 22 or 23 million. I thought he was out of the mix. He is, but he just bought a $23 million house. Oh, so it wasn't too far out of the mix. <laughs> $23 million house. Yeah, I, it's just not. Who watches that? Young young girls? You know what? Unfortunately. My I, daughter's I, never watched I that. I have to say, Nancy's generation watches it. Really? Yeah, because Nancy watches it. She watches the Kardashians. Yep, she's 37. She watches the Kardashians. Oh, well, she lives with We have so finished as a... We really have finished this country. I'm nervous. We have fucking... I mean, I was, my wife was watching the Kardashians the other night. I had uh, I had never seen the show. I sat down. I watched about... Yeah, finally, some of the fellas can relate to this joke. I appreciate that. <laughs> They're high-fiving each other. For Christ's sake, finally something that I can laugh at. I watched five minutes of the Kardashians. About two minutes into it, I had this thought: maybe ISIS has a point. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to agree. Yeah, I could not watch that. I'm sorry. It's isn't it about just how wealthy they are? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. Is how wealthy. It's all it's about. Yes. Do they realize their name became famous because their father took a murder weapon and hid it for a murderer? That's why that name became famous. Well, the mother was the brainstorm behind the whole thing. Yeah, she she groomed her children life. to be that. Yeah, but didn't she sell her own daughter's sex tape? Yeah, she, she groomed her. Oh, up. God. That's nasty, yeah. man. You sell your own daughter's sex tape. Yeah, she did it all. Ugh. And, and Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty bright guy. But he was the, he was the, he was the, he, like everything of that show. The creator, yeah, he, yeah, he creator, was, yeah. was everything of that show. Now, is he? Uh, how's he doing? Because he wasn't, wasn't he charged by two, three, I, I four different girls? Skipped no? it all. Really? Too Didn't much really money. Him. Too much he, money. He had a lot of money. There's no doubt about Ryan that. Ryan Seacrest is a producer of a lot of things. How's that knock knock live going? Oh, that's right. It was two episodes, and they gave it the hook. <laughs> that thing was a disaster. I don't know how, how big a hit he took on that deal, but yeah, he, he's made a lot of money producing. He's kind of like the Dick Clark of his generation. The law, the law, Michael Lauren. Who? What's his name? The guy who does all the, he produces every show, all the Law and Orders. What's his name? Oh, um, Dick Wolf. Oh, Dick Wolf. What's the other guy? What's the other one? Lauren? Oh, you mean Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre, yeah. yeah Chuck, Chuck Lorre, Lorre yeah. his name's on everything. Oh, yeah, his name. The, the mostly sitcoms there. Yeah, yeah everything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. We will be back, ladies and gentlemen, special guest coming up, Tom Bernard Show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to SellerWorkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit SellerWorkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Don't stop Another band that sings notes I couldn't sing when I was a little boy. No. There's no way I could get my voice that high. And he can't sing them now either. No, that's what I understand. (laughs) No, actually, he's not bad. He's not bad now. Yeah, I I heard uh, Robert Plant try to hit some notes a while back, Uh and it's not pretty. Not pretty at all. Uh, The book is called True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. Amberly Lago, how are you doing, Amberly? Well, hi there. How are you doing? Marvelously well, but it's early. Things well, could all Well, good. I've enjoyed listening to you guys. Well, thank you. It's very nice of you. 
Amberly Lago was a mother, athlete, and professional dancer turned fitness trainer when a horrific motorcycle accident uh, severed her femoral artery. And you lived through that? How'd you live through that? You know what? I got real lucky. First of all, I had a guy come over right away and make a tourniquet on my leg. And thank goodness I didn't know at the time that you can bleed out pretty quick from that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Shattered her right leg almost beyond repair. Months in the hospital. 34 surgeries along with plates, pins, and sheer will eventually spared her leg despite the initial recommendation to amputate. But in the process, Amberly was diagnosed with a devastating incurable nerve disease called complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS, dubbed the suicide disease because the unrelenting pain causes so many to take their own lives. How are you dealing with all this stuff, Amberly? Well, gosh, that sounds pretty depressing, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, kind of does. Yeah. Kind of does, Amberly. Oh, uh, my God. You know what? I promise it has a happy ending. Well, that's good. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm in New York right now, and I'm having the time of my life. My book just launched, um, just went to the bookshelves, got released yesterday, and I got to announce it on the Megyn Kelly Today Show. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's so exciting. I love this city. Talk about resilience. This this city can sure teach us all about resilience. Yeah, New York City is, is a wonderful place. Actually, Chicago is my favorite large city in the world. New York is probably second, London. But, uh, yeah, I, I love New York. Some people just can't handle it, I guess. I don't know why, but... I, I, I lived there for quite some time and really, really enjoyed it. So I understand your excitement about being in New York City. Was Megan Kelly good to you? Oh, my goodness. She, I always liked her. She was so nice. I mean, she was so kind. She was uh, really endorsed my book. Um, off air she spent so much time talking to me she gave my daughter and husband a hug i i tell you i i couldn't have i couldn't have even imagined it would be that much fun and they would be that warm and welcoming you know when they first they came over to the house a couple of weeks well about a week ago to do the b-roll and i guess i didn't really believe that it was all happening until I walk downstairs and I see that there's all these cameras set up in my living room. And I said, are y'all sure you have the right house? <laughs> are you sure you're here for me? Right. But they did, uh, they did B roll and then they used some of that for the interview yesterday. And it, it was a lot of fun. One of the, I'm telling you one of the best, I would say the best day of my life, but my husband might be upset with me. So, okay. One of yeah, the best days probably. of my life. <laughs> What's amazing to me, Amberly, we're talking to Amberly Lago about the book True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. What really grabbed me while reading the description of your life and the book and all the rest of it. So I already talked about the CRPS, uh, dubbed the suicide disease because the pain is unbearable. But in the very next line, it says, uh, giving up was never in Amberly's wheelhouse by embracing gratitude and self-care. Explain that to me, because most people could not fathom why you would feel gratitude for anything, other than the fact you're still alive. Uh, I think gratitude is a magnificent way to live one's life, to be grateful for everything. How, how did that enter into it? Was, was the gratitude there just the fact that you were still breathing the air? Is that where it started? Well, yeah, actually, I was sitting in the hospital bed, and I was watching. I heard y'all talking about Law and Order. Nothing was on in the hospital except for Law and Order, <laughs> and then there was an infomercial about right. how to get that Brazilian butt. Sure. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, I've been a fitness trainer and a fitness model and a dancer my whole life. And I looked down at this mangled, scarred-up leg that I didn't even know if I was going to be able to keep it. They were still, you know, I had a 1% chance of saving it from amputation. And I started, like, uh, spiraling down into a depression. And I thought to myself, I've got two choices here. I can either go down that road or I can choose to be grateful and be grateful that I'm alive and be grateful for the you know my family my friends so I started putting all my focus 
on everything that I still did have and everything I still could do. And I had um, just a pad of paper beside me. I started writing down every nurse's name that came in to take care of me. I started thinking about all the things like, you know, I had a view in my hospital room I was grateful for. Um, I was grateful for the food that friends and clients brought me to the hospital. And I also started putting my focus as much as I could off of me in that situation and started trying to be of service in any way I could, even though I was stuck in the hospital bed. And I know you're probably saying, well, how could you do that? But honestly, all the nurses that came in, we became friends. I started giving them exercise tips on how to get that Brazilian butt. I started, you know, started making exercises for clients to do while I was out of commission. Um, and I felt like the more I was of service to others and I saw them do it better, it took my mind off of me and I, I, I wasn't in that place of self-pity. Is your family, your, your birth family, uh, was gratitude a big part of your life uh, in your family? Because that seems to me that people, there are people that should be so grateful for everything they have and they have no gratitude whatsoever. Is, is your gratitude self-taught or did your birth family, your mom, your dad, brothers, sisters, whomever, did you come from a grateful family? Yes, I think I did come yeah. from a grateful family. And I also came from a family where, you know, if we wanted anything, we had to work for it. You know, if I wanted yep. something, it wasn't just given to me. I had to earn it. If I wanted to take the dance classes that, you know, I, I dance classes, then I had to work at the dance studio in order to be able to take those classes sometimes. If You know, so it's a hard balance raising my kids today because I want to give them all the things that I didn't have, but I want them to be grateful for it, you know, and sometimes when you have to work for things it makes you appreciate them more and um when you've been without it makes you appreciate when you have and so i think i did grow up with you know just grateful for what i did have um and that's that is that's uh, like i said it's hard i want to pass that on to my kids and you know not have them grow up to <laughs> not grow have them grow up to be spoiled in any way you know, Amberly, it's amazing to me because you've been tested uh, in life several times. Uh, in True Grit and Grace, Amberly Lago shares what it was like to endure 34 surgeries only to be diagnosed with an incurable nerve disease, how surviving sexual abuse as a child prepared her to fight for her life after her motorcycle accident. So how many things have you gone through in your life? Uh, this is, I, did, I didn't realize that was part of the story of True Grit and Grace, that you... You survived sexual abuse as a child as well, huh? Yeah, you know, that was uh, one of the hardest things for me to write about in the book. Sure. And it was actually, it was very cathartic. Um, it was hard to write about because I didn't want to hurt any, I didn't want to hurt my mother. I was sexually abused by my stepfather, who oh, okay. has now passed away. He actually right. died of testicular cancer, believe it or not. And... Um, I didn't want to hurt my mom or anybody else in my family, but I thought, you know, I want others who are out there that they walk in shame or they feel like it's their fault mm -hmm. or they're living in that place of victimhood. I want them to be able to step forward and claim their own power and know that they don't have to walk in shame. And they can, you know, raise their children to know that the difference between right and wrong and what's, what's not okay and what's not acceptable. And so um, I, when I wrote about it in the book, um, my husband, we had the back cover designed, and on, he read the back cover of the book, and it says, talks about the sexual abuse. And he said, right. well, why would well, you write that on there? Why, well, why? And I said, honey, you may want to read the book. And <laughs> <laughs> you may want to read it because yeah, it's, it's going out idea. there. But right, you know, after I had written that, you know, it, the publishing process is a long process. So it took a year for a little over a year just to get the book um, published. And in the middle of that publishing process, uh, that the whole Me Too movement came out. 
Mm, And, you know, I feel like it's a time where people are just really kind of stepping forward into, you know, and and into their power and saying, hey, this isn't okay," or, hey, this happened to me. And, you know, when when you can connect with other people that have been through similar situations, Mm -hmm. Um, it just, there's, there's a relief, there's a sense of community. And I think that's so powerful. I think that when people come together, it just, um, it it just makes such a difference. You know, I think we can all be strong to get, you know, strong, but I think together we can just be unstoppable. Do you think that, that it's, uh, I guess the best way to say this is, do do you think it's normal for someone to have gone through all the things you've gone through and to be grateful. Don't most people want to go, oh, poor me. Over the littlest thing, it's, oh, poor me. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being victimized by life. And it, do people tend to be, to lean that way? Or are you finding as you go along in life that, uh, that the more that happens to people, the tougher they get and the more gratitude they have for any life they, they do live? Well, um, you know, I think my upbringing as a dancer and an athlete mm-hmm. had a lot to do with, um, I think, everything that I went through. I, well, I think everything that everybody goes through, you can let it, you know, all your challenges, you challenges prepare you for your future. For me, you know, growing up a dancer and growing up in Texas where we had sayings like, suck it up, cowgirl up, get her done. It was like, you you just were, you know, it was like, come on, girl, get her done. And it was like, well, that's good. and that's what you did. And, um, you know, growing up a dancer, I remember having my point shoes on and my toes were bleeding. The blisters had opened and my feet were bleeding. And I remember telling my dance teacher, but Miss Jackie, my feet are bleeding. And she goes, well, the show must go on suck it up and keep dancing and one time you know running on the track you know is texas and it's a hundred percent humidity and running around that track conditioning for the mile and having to get sick throw up on and and the coach didn't care she's just like off the track to throw up and then keep running and it's like you know it it taught me a lot it taught me to push through pain um and I think, you know, uh, the, the sexual abuse, the having to go through my parents' divorce, um, instead of let, right. letting that, let, you know, it pushed me forward to do something active in my life. So instead of being that victim, it, it really led me to uh, do things like I wanted to be good in school. I wanted to, you know, earn straight A's. And my go-to was running and dancing i did whatever made me feel good i wanted to do so i think it's so important for kids nowadays to have a healthy outlet because you know or else they can get into trouble like you know if who knows if i didn't have the dance or the track you know the athleticism if i wouldn't you know have turned to drugs or alcohol or because that that's another choice, you know, and I think I'm just grateful that I chose the the choice of a healthy outlet for myself. The book is called True Grit and Grace Turning Tragedy into Triumph. Amberly Lago, L-A-G-O. The book is out. Go buy the book. You're a, a great example of how a human being should live their lives, Amberly. I'm uh, oh, proud to have you. talked to you. It was a real honor to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really honored. Thank you. That's our great pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, Amberly Lago, True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show.